This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So... The only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Well, good evening, good morning, depending on what time you're uh, listening to this or listening live. Got over 50 of you in uh, so far, which is uh, great to have you uh, in this evening, but not great. Match day 45, the final score at the new den, Millwall 4, City 1. Uh, we say it can't get any worse than that every week, uh, but it does seem to get worse. Joining me is uh, Mark, Les and uh, Ian. Um, guys, I think Fevs is trying to get in as well. Guys, let's do what we normally do. Quick 30 seconds on the game, not the detail, but just general how you feel at the end of that. I'll start with you first, uh, Mark. 30 seconds on the game. Uh, Lions four, Edless chickens one. Uh, The torture goes on for City now. Nine games without a win. City went to 3-5-2, but it didn't make the defending any better with awful defensive mistakes, plus uh, playing against a team that can play 3-5-2 with strong wing-backs, meaning that we were completely outplayed by a Millwall team who belied their status as a team being built on peanuts, and we were totally outclassed. The season can't end soon enough. Somebody please pull the plug. Unfortunately, Brentford are still to come. Yeah, um, Les, I'll come to you next. Your thoughts on uh, on that? It started off as a good week, really, but uh, for various reasons we'll talk about later. But this afternoon, another uh, shambles, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, humiliated by an average mid-table championship side. Tried to match them up with a 3-5-2. Unfortunately, we've got two wing-backs who are League One standard and a defence that's got no confidence whatsoever and absolutely no leadership. Uh what is it, 13, 12, 13 players that are contract in the summer. Get rid of all of them. Thank you for your service and goodbye. And yeah. It's a big summer or relegation looms next season. Definitely. Ian, your thoughts? Uh, do it very quickly. Started bad and got worse. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to describe it, really, isn't it? I mean, look, the lineup. Uh, this was uh, Nigel Pearson's first game as... Um, 
proper full-time manager. He made some changes. Uh, Ian, I'll come back to you first on that. Those changes that uh, he made, O'Leary uh, in goal, Conway starting again, um, and a, a start for um, for uh, Nathan Baker. But uh, surprises there? Would you have done it any differently? No, I, mean, I, I like the three-five-two shape with the players that we've got. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think you can expect too much from Baker first game back, and he hasn't played since August. Uh, same could be said for Jada Silva. Tommy Rowe's not been the same player uh, since he had that uh, bad injury in the game before Derby. Then he played injured at Derby and got injured. Um, so I, I think I'd, I'd agree with something that, that Les said. I mean, it, it's not the formation today. It's the players in it. And when you think out of the back five, four of them are out of contract in a week's time. Um, yeah. And then you go into the midfield. I thought Lansbury won superb pass uh, to get Conway in for the goal. I, why, why did we play uh, Naki Wells up front? We know exactly what he can do. Why not start Young Britain and, yeah. and see how he went? Um, a, a, a lot, along, with, uh, along with Conway. In fact, why not? Plenty of opportunities to give to give Britain a go. Once again, we know what Antoine Semenyo can do, so why risk him? Um, no, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the setup. It's just that physically and mentally, we really are not at it. And my massive fear is that the people running the club, um, John and Steve Lansdowne, think there's some fine-tuning to be done. When really well, it's not. It's, it's, it's not. It's rip, rip it up in start again time. Yeah, no, really, it is that big time. Uh, Les, uh, the lineup. Um, good to see Max get a chance uh, in goal. Uh, we'll go through the detail of the game. But he didn't let himself down again, really, did he? Or do you think otherwise? And and the rest of the team that starting well, lineup. Well, I mean, look, I only watched it until the third goal went in, and I switched off, and he didn't have much <laughs> of a chance with any of the goals. But I think we need to move away from him. He didn't do himself a disgrace. He didn't do himself. He didn't do himself any harm. Listen, if he wants to be a championship keeper, how old is he? 23, 24? He's either good enough or he's not. Um, you know, I don't know what's going on with Bentley. He wasn't in the side today, but on the bench, which I guess raises a few questions. But yeah, look, from what I saw, he did what he had to do well. Is he the long-term option moving forward? If we want to get promoted to the Premier League, absolutely not, but... He did what he had to do today. Yeah, I think 39 points from 41 staying in the championship next season has got to be the order uh, of the day, really. I mean, uh, Mark, uh, you know, he could have been a bit more adventurous with the picks, could he? I mean, interesting that Viner was left out altogether and back in turn. They got niggly injuries, those two. Both they of those both, I think they both, they, yeah, they both, they both had knocks. That's why they were both out of the squad. I think we could, yeah, we could have played Louis Britton if he was going to be in the squad. We, we know what Wales does. Uh, but it's just, I mean, we played against a Millwall team who, who, who know how to play three-five-two, and they were hungry. They just wanted, you know, they wanted to win the game. It's, I mean, it's the yeah. same with, with with Luton, and we just got no backbone at all. We're just a, we're just bottlers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think Lansbury was taken off at half time because he he looked like he was a. Uh, uh, I don't know if he was booked, but I mean, really, he got away with murder with a, with a, with a tackle on Bradshaw. I think it, it, it won all that, that we, we should have been a should have been a penalty, and that for three 
well, central three, there was really nobody doing a hold, playing a holding role at, role at all. It well, I've got to awful. say about Callas in more detail later on, but he played in the centre, and you could give him the excuse that he's being played out of position when he has been playing on the left of a central two or yeah. on the left of a three. He was in the middle. He was in his rightful place. I thought he had a mare today, and I don't know whether anybody saw the pre-match interview with him on Robin's TV, but he looked like a man that was about to face a firing squad the next morning with his well, uh, with, with his with his talks. Now, interestingly, somebody put on here Q83 uh, and say Callas is a right-back. No, Callas only came to this club on the understanding, this is going back three years, that he didn't play right-back because other clubs... I think that's Middlesbrough and Fulham, played in there, and he prefers to play as a central defender. But there we go. Let's get into the goals. I mean, the first one went to uh, the Mighty Lions, if we can give them that name. Um, five minutes on the clock. Uh, we had a free kick for uh, a crunching tackle on Conway. Uh, in the build-up, there was a little handball that went unnoticed, and then long ball from Malone. Jed Wallace uh, got on the end of it, and it was a good, uh, it was a good finish, wasn't it? Uh, come to you on the goal, the first goal, Ian. Well, what I want to know is is how we went from having a set piece in their penalty area to being three on one, yeah. uh, just outside ours in the space of one pass. Um, pathetic, and you 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 know if if Millwall, I don't know if they left three people up uh, for the set piece or or whether they just had players that broke and ours didn't track them. Um, but pathetic defending for that. And, and the point I'd make is, is if you can't tackle, you can't close down and you don't mark, how do you expect to defend? Yeah. Those are just, yeah. those are just simple prerequisites of, of stopping someone else playing, defending. Yeah. And we can't yeah. do it. We genuinely can't do it. No. No, you're right there. I mean, I don't know whether it was before the equalising goal or after it, but Lansbury, we'll just talk about that tackling. Because when we do tackle, we put in the niggly little fouls where you think, oh, you should know better than that. Lansbury was lucky to get away with a clack because he totally took Bradshaw out, didn't he, uh, at one stage, uh, Ian? Yeah, do you recall that incident? Yeah, it should have been a, yeah, I mean, it should have been a penalty. And if the penalty, if it had been the other way around, we'd have been screaming for a penalty. Yeah. Um, but but I'll, I'll say, I mean, Lansbury did the one good thing uh, in the first half, which was the pass through for Conway's goal. But apart from that, I thought Masengo ran around a lot, but didn't really do anything. Yeah. Uh, Lansbury played that one pass. Homer had a couple of glimpses. He set Conway up for one that he could have got the second goal. And who knows? Things may have been different. Yeah. But overall, I, I, if, if I had to be. Frank, I'd say we got what we deserved, and if you look, no, that's at, true. That is true. Let's know, go on that. Let's go on to the, the the bright spot of the game, the goal. I come to Les for this. Les, the goal on the uh, 16 minutes, as Ian was just alluding to, there it was a slide rule pass by uh, Lansbury, probably the best pass he's done in the three months that he's been here, and Conway. Who you know he, he he looks a prospect this one even more so than Semenyo still seems to get the ball tangled between his feet but it was a great pass and a great bit of footwork by Conway who finished with a plum didn't he Les? Yeah, it's probably one of the best goals we've scored all season and I mean you said it's the best thing Lansbury's done in the three months he's been here. It's the only good thing he's done in the three months he's been here in my opinion. It was a lovely ball. Conway uh, made a great run. He showed power. He showed pace. Had quite a lot to do still. I mean, the commentators were saying it's the easiest goal he's ever going to score. Well, it's not <laughs> because he had to get there before the keeper. 
Uh, still a defender on the line, slotted it away nicely. It was the only bit of quality that I've seen probably in the last 12 games yeah, uh, that no. I can recall. And yeah, fair play to him. I think he's looked bright. I mean, a lot of these young kiddies have come in, run around a lot and done very little. Um, and I think he's the one who's impressed me more than any other. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what happens next season because he looks to me like he's ready for maybe yeah. a league one loan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I spent having a league one loans yeah. better than warming the bench back yeah. here. But his footwork, him and you know that little the cameo appear, well that little run by Scott at the end. You know, I think the commentator and a couple of people said they weren't the best today on Robins two. We we didn't have Mister Final Turd with his analysis in there, but uh, <laughs> Scott did a great little run. I know that's right at the end, and you know that's what you want to see from players. Whereas Semenyo, he's got a bit of power, but he just lacks that uh, finesse. Mark, I'm going to come to you for the next goal, and then I'm going to drop you out and let uh, Dave come in and have a word. He's listening there, all right? So, Mark, let's look at the goal that put uh, Millwall back in front on 30 minutes. I mean, I'd written down just before that, Hunt and Rowe were looking what they are, League One defenders at best, and it was a right-wing cross, and this time it was uh, Wallace being the provider to his teammate uh, Malone. Not a sloppy goal or a good finish from Malone, sixth goal of the season in off the post. How did you see that, Mark? Well, Danny McNamara, who who was fantastic for them, right wing back, young Irish under-21 player, got the cross in and the header was just too soft away. So, I mean, it, it was headed to the, left, to the left of the goal and Malone was just following it up and he struck it beautifully between defenders and, and right across the goal and it went in off the opposite post. So it was a very good goal. But, I mean, I don't know who headed the ball, whether it was Callas or Baker, but it was just too too soft, and there was no cover on the right on the uh, on our right flank. So Malone was just able to you know to have time to hit it back in the opposite direction. I mean, yeah. just before that, what we missed is our chance to go two one up when Palmer robbed their player deep in in the middle half and, and crossed the ball for Conway. But he, and he really should have taken a bit more time before touching it past the left hand post. That was just be that that was just before they went two one up, was it? Oh, that's interesting because I yeah. thought it was after from that from that point of view. Mark, no, so what I'm going to do with you, is I want Britain you to one. I want to drop you out and then let's see if Dave can get in. Yeah, and then okay. what I'll do what I'll do is you try and get in when you know Dave's in because I think it just might be a connection problem because it should be me plus four is what we're allowed to have in here. So let me just take you out for a second, Mark and Dave, if you're listening, okay. come in because I want your uh, I want some of your comments on the, the game as well. Well, we went in at uh, half time, two one down. Um, we weren't playing badly. They were better than us, right? They had more energy, as we've said. Start of the second uh, half, um, it was a double substitution. Uh, Ian um, Scott and De Silva on for Rowan Lansbury. Some people said playing Jay De Silva was probably. We didn't really need to do it at all rather than maybe rushing back from injury. Were they sensible and timely substitutions from your perspective? Well, he's, uh, he's hardly been rushed back. I mean, he ain't mm. touched the ball since December. It's May now. Uh, so, uh, and he's been training for a week. So, sooner or later, it's the same as Baker. Sooner or later, these guys got to play. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, particularly with a player that, that we want to play regularly next season. I, I thought De Silva looked pretty poor, i got to be honest, but 
like I said, it's his first game for six months, the same as it was Baker's first game for a whole year. Well, since August, he got yeah. injured in a preseason friendly. So, uh, what do you do? Do you, do you hold players? I mean, the same way as he said uh, with Callum O'Dowda and I think Taylor Moore. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to bring them back, and because there's no point, they're both under contract next season, and um, we'll see how it goes. But when you you're talking about strikers, you know, if you look at the younger players that we've got, we've got four young strikers who've all appeared this season and we've got three older ones. Now, if, if we go to a 4-2-3-1 formation where you've only got one striker up front, you don't need seven. So no. I would imagine all, but- the, all the younger ones, possibly hold one back and all the younger ones will go out on loan and I think we may even sell um, somebody like, like Naki Wells because he doesn't really... Unless we're going to go out and sign a big centre forward for him to play next to and put a decent team together behind him, I think his talent, such as it is, is is absolutely wasted because he's a fox in and around the box, and we don't create. We anything. don't play that side, and we don't. Again, you talk about strikers and one. If we play one, then we've got one to choose from seven. It's the Bristol City problem that we've been saying for, well, the whole time this podcast has been going, but I've been saying it for probably the last three years. You know, we've got quantity, not quality. I mean, Les, let me come to you for the next uh, goal. Six minutes in. Um, oh, Jesus. What a, what a mess that was. I mean, it was a corner, right? It was bouncing round in there like a ping pong ball, wasn't it? I mean, was it a handball by Callas? It eventually bounced out to uh, one of the Mitchell brothers, uh, a Millwall boy, as uh, I was saying on the commentary. But uh, he thundered it in, but it was a shabby goal, wasn't it? It really was shabby. They just wanted it more, didn't they? Um, Callas did well to get a block on the line. Other than that, it was just pinballed in about. And sometimes they get hoofed at the halfway line, out the ground. Sometimes they get a bit of luck and it falls to the player who puts it in the top corner, and it, that's what happened, unfortunately. And that kills the game, doesn't it? A team it kills fragile, the game. A team yeah. as fragile as us. The moment you go two goals down, that's game over. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just one of those things. Those scrappy goal, anything can happen. Unfortunately. Uh, well, they got another yeah. one. They got another yeah. one, didn't they? I mean, I'll let you yeah. talk about that one as well. Then I'll come to uh, Ian. I think, Mark, you're back in. I think Dave's obviously having a bit of a connection uh, problem there. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. Le- Les, that, that fourth goal, um, I mean, Callas was, he was all over the place to, to some extent today, wasn't it? It was just, but we were doing little triangles at the back. And as as, as you just said, they wanted it more. So they forced, us, he, he forced Callas down a bit like Semenyo did with those uh, slow goalkeepers a couple of months ago now. But again, sloppy goal, awful individual error. And you couldn't blame O'Leary for it, could you? Well, he didn't have much well, chance keeping out. Oh, I wouldn't know, Dave. I was walking the dog. Oh, you'd stop by then. In fact, yes, you did say, you did say you've gone out. Ian, that fourth goal, that summed up City's season. And I I put, you know, is is Callas, is Callas all that? Or is he just having a bad day at the office? What do you think? I think it was the the pressure of the season when he's been doing his best. Um, I don't think he's a captain. Um, And I I think he's been doing his his best to hold the team uh, together, such as it is. And I think it, he's jaded, would be my excuse. I don't think he's a bad um, right-sided centre-back. He's been forced to play on the left because we didn't have enough wit 
um, to go and get a left-sided centre-back to cover Baker when we knew he'd be out for the season. Uh, in fact, we didn't know he'd be out for the season, but I think he was another one that was injured in rehab because he was supposed to be back at Christmas. Um, but there's no point trying to play out from the back if you can't. And yeah. we can. If you've got Imerit Lepore and Diaz and players like that, yeah, play out from the back. Fabulous. Great. But if you can, if you're, um, let's say you're Burnley instead of Man City, they don't play out from the back. They don't do it because they know they'll get picked off. And, but you need, but, but because we aren't anything, we've got no identity. So yeah. we're not a football team. We're not a passing team and we're not a direct team. So if you say, right, we can't play out from the back, we're going to have to go direct. We absolutely have to. You say, right, let's go and get a six foot three bloke up front to hold the ball up because we never, ever, ever hold the ball when it goes forward. We don't do it. It just comes straight back. Yeah. And it's because yeah. the players we got there, I thought at one point today I tweeted, is, is Naki Wells got ice skates on? Because he just kept falling over. Every yeah. time the ball went to him, he tried to get the bloke on the half turn and fell over and then looked at the referee for a free kick. The referee was saying, no chance, mate. You fell over. So um, we, we don't hold it up front. And then you can't build. I mean, under to go on to this particular subject, under Cottrell, we scored a load of goals and we played a, a high line, but reasonably direct. And we played with attacking wing backs. So we have Mark Little and Joe Bryan, who were often further forward than Aaron Wilbram. Be because, and, and that's the way we got the ball forward and we played in the other team's half. This team doesn't. And sometimes, you know, you talk about, well, I've heard of a low block, but not as low as our six-yard box. Because that's well, where I think we you said. I think you time. said there was so many gaps between the key areas uh, of the pitch. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is just just wrap up on the game. I mean, the good thing uh, is that you know we didn't concede anymore, though they had chances. McNamara put in uh, a cross, and it was a header straight at O'Leary by Bradshaw that could have been and should have been five-one. And then uh, right on the ninetieth uh, minute, the lively Romeo. I mean, we all rave about Masengo, and he is good, and he does win fouls, and he chases, and he harries. But you look at that little lad out there, Romeo, Romero, or whatever, right? He put in a performance today, and his ball control, his energy, and I say he had the last uh, shot of the game. I mean, uh, Les, did, did did that player stand out to you at all, Romeo? Or we could we could do with the three or four of that Millwall team out there today. I was, really, I was, I was the actually quite I was quite surprised by them. Actually, they played a lot better football than I assumed that a Rowett side did. It might be because their big players, the likes of, I think it's Budyardson or something, and Smith weren't in the side, so they don't necessarily go long or as direct as they would usually. But I don't think it was just him. I thought the guy who scored the third goal, Mitchell, I thought he stood out. I think Romeo's yeah. a good for a wing. He's a proper wing back. Um, yeah. I thought the McNamara, I think, was it McNamara, the Irish bloke who Mark mentioned earlier? Yeah. Um, I thought he was very good. Um, Bradshaw's a League One striker, but he made he, he looked better than he was. No, I was impressed Ryan, by that. Ryan, Wood, Ryan Woods was excellent. Well, Ryan, Ryan Woods. Yeah. Woods Ginger-haired lad in midfield. He was, probably the first, he was probably the first signing that Millwall made in, under Rower, which wasn't a big physical aggressive footballer and he and since he's come in they do seem to pass the ball a little bit more I think they said he's only on loan till the end of the season and he goes back to Stoke 
But I don't think it yeah. was one player standing out. I just thought they looked like a very well-drilled, very confident and a good passing football side, which surprised me. Yeah. I mean, guys, we're 19th in the table now. Thank goodness for those four wins at the start of the season. I think it was exiled Ajax or Ajax exile put on OTIB. I read it earlier or just after the final whistle. And he said what we've been saying for ages. This has been coming, that XG factor, the low shots on target. And I think he quoted McAllister as saying it's not how many shots. It's not about how many shots you get on target. Well, it is because you're creating uh, chances um, when, when you do that. But I mean, 39 points now from 41 games. We'd be down. We'd be well and truly cut adrift. And when was the last time we lost 24 games in a season and didn't go down? I don't think we've ever lost that many. I know we've won disproportionately. That's what's kept us up. But we've won 11 out of 45 games. Appalling. Yeah, looking at... I mean, if you look at um, Nigel Pearson's record, and I'm being generous because I'm at Bristol City, because I'm giving him the Borough game, it's played 14, won three, drew three, lost eight. 4-16 against 23. So we've got a minus seven goal difference. We've picked up 12 points. So our, our win rate is 21%. Yeah. Our points rate is 29%. Our points per game is 0.86. So over a season, you get 40 points and you'd be relegated. Yeah. Our league position is 19th. And this season, we're 11 points off relegation. So the point you made about those first four wins, yes, without those, we'd be going down. Yeah, I mean, we might not have lost all four, but if you took, say, a point and a half a game, that's six points, we'd have been sat there on 45 and it would have been squeaky bum time going into the final game of the season. But we did win the four yeah. games and that's why we are where we are. I mean, this was a positive week. Let's forget about the game now, uh, if we can. Um, the week um, started with, uh, I can't remember what came first. Yeah, what came first? Andy Rolls leaving with immediate effect. Les, when you uh, saw that break in, I think you sent me a little WhatsApp uh, message about it. I mean, it was, uh, you know, immediate effect. Is he going to Ipswich or is he going somewhere that even he doesn't know where that is at the moment? I well. Was he fired? Well, firstly, you've got to drain the swamp and let whatever club he goes to next suffer as well. Because yeah. he's firmly to blame for part of the... Well, not firmly. He's partly to blame for the problems that we've had this season. And I think the the answer to your question is what John Lansdowne said when on the press conference when Pearson was hired, when he said it was probably best for both parties. Um, so, yeah, good riddance. Thanks for your service. Another one who can disappear. Yeah. And uh, the rebuild starts now. <clears throat> yeah, well, the rebuild. Ian, your your thoughts on uh, Andy Rolls uh, going? I mean, it's been um, it's been something we've been calling for an investigation, and maybe it's done. You know, it's a fait accompli. He's gone. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think firstly, I think we still need an investigation. And before somebody says, "Well, it's a waste of time," it's not because uh, I particularly want to know why so many players were injured in rehab or after comeback. Uh, and it's not it's not, it's not one player. It's Walsh, it's Baker, it's uh, Williams, and it's Patterson. Uh, and the, the treatment around Patterson in particular um, needs explaining. So he, he sees a, um, a specialist, he doesn't need an op. Then he sees another specialist and he does need an op. He then has the op, he then comes back, he looks nothing like fit, so then he needs more rest, 
Then he sees another specialist. Then he needs another op. I think I've got that. And and he's out for the season and he's out of contract. Yeah. Now, you you so that needs an independent investigation. Is and and uh, Pearson started talking about it more and more. He started saying, "We've got far too many. We've had far too many players injured." And it's all right saying, "Well, we've got players coming back," but he even mentioned in his after-match interview today. He said, "We've we've we've got to be careful how we bring these injured players back." So they're still injured, and we've got to be careful how we treat them over the summer. Yeah. Um, and how many so, times over yes. the last few years have we had players injured at the end of the season and then with a 12-week break, well, we've had, they're still injured? Well, we've had lots of... I mean, it, I, I look back over some... I kept a list of injured players on one of the forums and it was it was quite common under uh, Lee Johnson to have 10 players injured. Quite mm. common and quite a, a 40-odd man squad, which we've got now, but we've only got it because of all the kids we've had to bring in because of all the injuries. Yeah. So... Um, my 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 feeling on that is I still want that. I mean, on Andy Rolls, he had one job to keep the squad fit. He was head of performance. And his one job was to keep the squad fit. And he did Yeah, or recommend so, treatment the, programs, I'm, which is the same. Because I'm, if you look at some of the backroom stuff, I mean, is it Jill Hoyle or... Jill, somebody, she's been a physio down there for ages, but maybe she just works to instructions and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Well, you know, I, I, it- I don't know. But what I'm saying is you can't have a situation where at one point this year we had 20 players injured. Yeah. That can't happen. And like I say, the thing that really worries me is the fact that they do, you know, they get injured, they get diagnosed, then we have to do something else, then they go through rehab, then. If you're like Warsha Williams, you pick up an additional injury yeah. other than the one you start with during rehab, but you're campering and you come back from playing half a season for Pompey. Within two days, you tear your hamstring in training. We've had two players leave the club already. Brunt got injured. Brunt and at Alfie Mawson. Yeah, yeah. And, and Alfie, Alfie Mawson was, yeah. was injured twice. So yeah. I'm all right. Mawson's very, very injury prone throughout his career. So I'm not blaming anybody for that. And at least no. it happened during games. But you've got lots of players who got injured in training. Um, Chris Martin was another one. Yeah. And they're not minor injuries. They're not no. a kick on the shin or something. So well, maybe got a lot maybe of players, I, unfortunately, that are injury prone. Maybe our like, luck will change. I mean, Jay De Silva. Well, yeah. it's not. It's not luck, Dave. It's not not luck. Otherwise, every, it'd be the same for every club. Well, maybe it's not with, a new, with a new head can of football. Can I say something? Again. Yeah, go on, Mark. Come in and. It's uh, funny. Say it's funny, but and, and on top of all that, Ian, that you've said, when Mark Ashton did his one and only interview this season, you rushed Mother Nature at your peril. He said during the interview with Jeff Twentyman, "Don't rush players back." And then we had Tommy Rowe injured and comes back against uh, against Derby on a pitch. That one yeah. fit for one fit for horses. It was abysmal, absolutely abysmal pitch, and he got injured within about a quarter of an hour, and he was out out for weeks. But you look at the handling of, of Liam Walsh and Joe Williams this season, and of course, the story you know Joe Williams' story got 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 uh, linked to the media, 
uh, those players, we you know, you, you could ruin players' careers. <coughs> you know that previously with what we did with Steve Brooker. And You've don't forget, players. yeah, and don't don't forget, it's very important to have this investigation because those players could yeah. come back after the club in the same way that Michael Appleton. There's a name that's been banded about. Michael yeah. Appleton did, did with uh, he West... actually, yeah, you know, he, right. he took legal legal action against a surgeon or a physio. And he got 1.5 million in compensation yeah. from that surgeon for, for ending his career. Yeah. So, you know, what didn't Owen Hargreaves? Didn't Owen Hargreaves do the same? Didn't Owen Hargreaves? I, I don't know. It's, it sounds familiar, but I read up about Appleton when we were linked with him as a manager. Um, so, you you know, we, what we don't want is a load of lawsuits from these players saying, "Look, yeah. look yeah. at the damage you've done," and suing Bristol City. <laughs> that's not beyond. That's not beyond the realms of uh, possibility if well, it turns out that they've had bad treatment. Well, yeah. one bad, one one mismanaged injury could could, could end a career. It's as, it's as simple as that. And what surprised me about Andy Rolls, I didn't know he'd been he'd been there for three years for some stupid reason. I thought he'd only come in this season. No, no, he, he was a one. No. Look, I mean, it's all about doing due diligence on on people and and Andy Rolls if you dig deep enough in the media he was a disaster at West Ham yeah when they had all the problems with Andy Carroll he never got playing a game or he'd be back for a game then out again and he was a disaster at Arsenal he got booted out but he was a mate of uh, the now departed uh, one of uh, Mr Ashton's cohorts and he ended up Getting a job here. He's not departed though, is he, Ashton David? He's he's still there. Well, isn't he, until I, the end of I thought his smiley little face might have been up there taking credit for signing uh, Pearson on the three-year contract. I mean, Les, <laughs> it's done. We've been calling for it. Do you think maybe because we never get to see these figures now, season ticket sales were not going very well, and they said oh, we better do it now? Or do you think it was always going to happen this week, Les? Signing three-year contract. Couldn't be any less. It couldn't be a rolling twelve month, although there's probably a twelve month notice clause in there. What? What? what that's yeah. What do you? What do you think? You know, pleased that Pearson signed. There's. Am I pleased that Pearson signed? Uh, I'm far from convinced. Uh, if you know, there are pros and cons, isn't there? The pro is his experience and he provides some stability. The pro is that he's a track record of signing players at good prices and developing them and turning them into very good players. The negatives are. You know, his record here is poor. Uh, and another negative for me is his recent track record. He went to Derby and they were terrible under him. He went to Belgium and they were terrible. Uh, he went to Watford and he did okay to a did point. Okay. Still got sacked. Have we, have we got a manager five, six years too late? That's my question. Um, and the problem, I think, I think this was always going to happen. He was always going to get the job because if he didn't, what on earth are we going to do? John yeah. Lansdowne, John Lansdowne run a recruitment process uh, with 12, 13 players out of contract and then him and Steve Lansdowne having the football knowledge to sign adequate replacements. What on earth are they going to do without him? Yeah. It would have been an sorry. absolute mess. It would have been an absolute mess. Absolute mess. I mean, I'm surprised that uh, 
Mark, Mark Ashton taking Luke Werhan with him. You know, we're still so say paying him to the end of the month. I'm surprised that we haven't uh, tried to sue, sue him for a uh, breach of uh, director's fiduciary responsibility, which is taking away uh, a member of uh, the staff. Yeah, which is uh, detrimental to your employer. But that's another uh, that's another story. Ian, you you haven't you've been saying for a week now, you you weren't convinced by Pearson. I still happy with that appointment. Yeah, despite the record and again if Michael Appleton had been appointed and had that record yeah all hell would be breaking loose on here but you know do you think there are mitigating circumstances for the shit show that has been continued to be show served up under Pearson and would you expect it with the tools at his disposal even allowing for injuries he gets some semblance of organization in defense which is his specialist area that we haven't seen Period. What do you think, Ian, on that? Um, I, I, the way I, I explain it to people, because I've had some comments about, oh, well, you know, one minute you're in favour of Pearson, the next minute you're not. That's not the case. I wanted Nigel Pearson four years ago um, when we got Lee Johnson. And I certainly wanted Nigel Pearson before we got Dean Holden. And as I yeah. said many times, uh, Lee and Dean shouldn't have got an interview for the head coaches, managers, whatever you want to call it, job, never never mind actually got the job because nothing on either man's CV warranted it, okay? Yeah. Nigel Pearson's CV did warrant it, but there's – so why I'm 50-50 is the 50% is on his track record at primarily uh, Leicester and Watford. Yeah. The – other 50% against is on his track record at Bristol City, and I've just read out his record, which is woeful. And if you took the Middlesbrough away game out, it's even worse than that. Yeah. So um, I, I'm concerned that when I listen to uh, John Lansdowne and uh, Nigel Pearson being interviewed, I, I listen to the interviews and the press conference on YouTube, and they weren't talking about a complete clear out. Now, whether that's because they can't um, or, or, or whether it's because they genuinely think that we've got a good enough basis that we don't need that many players. And I, I know, look, three or four really good players can make a massive difference to, yeah. to any team. But uh, the way they were talking it wasn't going to be what I suggested is 20 players out and, and sort of 12 senior well, you've players got to, you've got to get, to get out, you've got, to, you've got to hope that people are going to buy some of the you know, players that are in contract because you said earlier about Naki Wells moving on. I mean, he's got a good contract here, right? He's not going to get mm -hmm. a better contract. He's not going to get a better contract anywhere else in a post-COVID football financial landscape. So he's not going to, get, he's not going to be going anywhere. Yeah, and if you look, if you look at the players that were lining up today, well, look at the players that were out that are injured, and then maybe four or five new ones coming in, it should make a difference. I mean, Mark, let me bring you in here, Mark. I mean, the key yeah. thing for me that worried me was that Downing and Simpson, to all intents and purposes, from what we've been told or what's been suggested or not said, they're staying on, and for me. 
they've been part of the problem. One of them is meant to be the defensive coach, isn't it? Or the set ball coach. Yeah, Keith Downing is a defender, wasn't he? I mean, he just sat there with his arms folded. There was one camera shot of him. They've added nothing at all. And if I was Nigel Pearson, I'd be saying, I want these two out. You know, I want to bring in somebody. You're not going to get Craig Shakespeare from Villa. But are you surprised, Mark, that Downing and Simpson are still, so say, got their jobs? Well, I'm just, I'm just hoping that they're, they're, they're just saying that to, to uh, so not to upset the apple cart. But I mean, yeah, it, it's, it sounds crazy based on this season, and it's been shambolic. The shape of the side, especially the responsibility of the defence. You know, we just can't defend the goals. The number of goals we conceded from from corners and free kicks is is unbelievable. I think we're, we're top of the league goals conceded from, from from corners this season they got to take responsibility I, I get rid of them there's got to be there's got to be better out there really has well, there must they're be people really he's Nigel not Pierce. they're not not they're not the uncompromising people that it's better to have Nigel Pearson well, than Nigel Pearson exactly I mean interesting uh Ian you know talking about Downing and Simpson I mean what was it uh that Danny Simpson He's had bloody cramp for about a month now. Do you think he might be? Do you think he might be angling for Danny Simpson to come in as a player coach because he knows what the guy is no. capable of? You don't. You don't think that's not no. an option at no. all because no. he's not got I, any badges or anything like that. I, yeah. I, well, I don't know what badges he's got, but I think he's he's probably thoroughly embarrassed. He signed him as a player. I would be. Yeah. Um, because he he hadn't played any football for a year. So he went out and pulled his hamstring, uh, and and it it wasn't cramp, or uh, or as you said, be the longest longest period of cramp that anybody's ever had in their life. Um, so no, I I I don't think he's doing that. I I think he'll be one of the ones that are out of contract and going. Um, my understanding, and this is from um, a decent contact who's right been right about, I would say seventy seventy five percent of the time. Is that three players have been at offered contracts? Uh, Jiju, who's not signing, Walsh, who's not signing, and Lansbury, who's thinking about it. That's the only. That's well, the they've only offered three. Lansbury now, a now contract. That, that's what. Well, that is what this this contact of mine ha- has said. And like I say, he's been he's been right. I would say seventy percent of the time, which is about as good as it gets because. Sometimes you can be right about something like a player coming and then the player decides he don't want to come or his wife says she's not, not prepared to move. Um, and, uh, and and it ends, uh, although it was factual at the time. So we'll see what happens. But that, that that's, um, but I'm, as I say, I'm always quite happy for somebody from City to come out and say, no, no, no one's been offered a contract. We only offered family contract and no one else has been offered one in, uh, so this is you know so wait and see but but this is what um, I'm hearing. Mm. I mean, Les, look, looking at that. I mean, O'Leary apart. Looking at that starting lineup that appeared uh, today, and we well <laughs> we don't know. Bentley's the only saleable asset that we've got. But just looking through there, the only one of those that I could see being a definite starter, a definite starter that there'd be no argument about. Yeah, would be Hano Masengo, unless he gets snapped up and goes off somewhere. What What would you say? Looking at that starting eleven, yeah, Les Masengo, yep. the only 
No, if, uh, no, no, no. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, there's two players there who I think should be starting next season. That's Callas and Wells. If you look at the youngsters who've come on this season, Masengo, Semenyo, Viner, Backinson, and I think this is something a lot of people disagree with. None of them should be in the first team. They're all bench players as far as I'm concerned, especially Viner, who some people seem to think is a saviour. As far as I'm concerned, he's a backup centre-back or a backup right-back. And I've put in the chat, and again, people disagree. I think we need to sign a minimum of 10 players uh, because ultimately these players at this point aren't good enough. If you're telling me Semenyo is going to be our starting winger next season, he ain't good enough at the moment. If you're telling me Viner's going to be our starting centre-back, he isn't good enough. He may be good enough in time, but he ain't good enough yet. And we have absolutely no leadership in the team at all. Carlos isn't a captain and he's been let down by the people around him. We need at least four, five, six players who will walk straight into our first team and then a couple of others to support the squad. Um, And that's my view on it. It's as simple as that. So Wells, I think he's been let down badly by where he's played in terms of playing out wide. He's a championship striker. Kalas is a championship defender. The rest of them are bench players are not good enough. Simple as that. But going back to Wells, I know it's very harsh, but very true, everything you said there. But getting back to Naki Wells and Ian's earlier point that we could have seven strikers, yeah? You know, he, and, and, and if that's only one definite striker up front, is Wells good enough to be that? You know, we're going to have Chris Martin lurking around as well as our big target man. It is... It is a mess, isn't it? Because we are where we are because of poor recruitment and shambolic back office organisation from the playing and the medical side of things. I mean, all the chickens have come home to roost, haven't they? Ian, you'd agree with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, this is this has been happening since uh, the, the Wolves game that everybody keeps alluding to of 2017. So that's three mm. years. And I think very much Mark Ashton has sold uh, the lands down to the, the Emperor's clothes. And if anybody is, is a, perhaps a bit younger and think, what's he talking about? It, it's, a hand, it's a book by Hans Christian Andersen. You know, go and read it and you'll understand um, what, what I mean by that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's sold the lands down to this vision and then before Mark Ashton's time even we had the five pillars and then somebody's telling me that a club that loses 10 million a year and will lose I'm I'm not going to count this year because of COVID it's going to be very different but look on average say the last what 10 12 years um, we made money once by selling all the all our best players in one go and then um, (coughs) every other year we've we've lost 10 million quid and people then say well um, yes, but that's sustainable. It's not sustainable. Um, and I don't know another industry that would allow businesses to return a loss of 39 million over three seasons and say, well, that's okay. Uh, yeah, but when you've got a billionaire done. chairman, when you've got a billionaire chairman that's principled about the way he wants to do things, you know, then losing, yeah. you know, you can have a couple of pence movement in his share price at Hargreaves Lansdowne and sell a few shares. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference to the football club, like Dave. No, no, it doesn't. And it, it affects make, us because, you know, bad managerial yeah. decisions, a point in Johnson, then a point in Holden. We're season ticket yeah. holders, right? 
We have yeah. to pay for this. We've been served up, as I think Tomo put in one of the texts on there earlier on. He was chatting with Rob Edwards, and City haven't had a definitive style since that Wolves game and that four months of high press. We've stagnated. We've, he's been an He's been an absentee landlord, to use one of your terms, Ian. He's been hands-off. He's given the job to his son, who's been hands-off as well, yeah, and not got the business now that his dad has got, clearly. And they've been sold down the river by somebody. That, yeah, we've got the infrastructure and everything like that. And as you said before, Ian, it all looks very nice. It's all like pretty, pretty stuff. But the fundamental thing, Bristol City Football Club, is what goes on on the pitch, yeah? And... It, yeah. it, it's it's worse. I think somebody else said on one of the texts, this is worse than the side that got relegated with um, Sean O'Driscoll, the 12-13 team, because they're better players in some respects than that team. Can't think of some of the names back then. But what, how is it, Mark? How is it? How do you... What, you you must be not having second thoughts about getting a season ticket. I'm having. I've already, like, I've already renewed. You've done it. I'm, I'm not but, mad. You know, yeah, well, you've been a fan for forty years. You know, yeah. I, you, you've probably never felt so frustrated because when we were down in 1982, we had no money, but at least mm. the players played with a heart, and there were leaders there. Rob Newman at 18 showed more leadership than Callas now, who's 28 years old. You know, and an international. But it must break your heart a bit, Mark, to see. The mess that we're in, but it's just the, the thing is that today, and and with Luton last week, even when they were two 0 down, the, the the desire to get back in the game was there. The hunger, the fitness. I mean, you look at the way Millwall played today; it was high energy for a team that most of us would consider as a long ball team. They played a lot of football, but they, you know, they were prepared to throw players forward, even at the end when the right centre back. Uh, Romeo went up and took a had a great shot in, in in a five five or six man move. That's the that's the difference. That there's there's a lack of stamina there. I think you know I might go down to some of the injuries, but the way City played going forward, it's plod plod plod. It's very slow, like players treading water. And but it's just that there's no there's no hunger. They're professional footballers, yeah. and in a COVID world where people are getting laid off. You know, careers. You know, play. They're on fear though. They got no money. A lot. That's going to hit a lot of season ticket sales. Yeah. They want to see their their team trying their hardest. Just want to see some decent football. I mean, Alice put a point uh, on there on the uh, text. I'm just going to try and bring it uh, back up. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Ali said, "I think whilst Ashton sold us." Sold us the, the emperor's clothes is true, but he followed Steve's instructions. Yeah, and he list, and Steve listened to him. And Ali said, "Hopefully, Nige will have Steve's trust to say if you do this, and the price will be that. He will guide the ship in the right direction." And I think Dave Fevs has just put on here as well. Millwall, forty percent of our budget wages. Their their wages are less than half what we're playing. We're playing. We're not well. Relative to the sides that have got parachute payments, we probably are paying the top Dave, dollar. Dave, can I ask a yeah, question? Right. The word that keeps coming up both now on the chat and the texts that are coming through is leadership, right? So if you look at our players, let's say Nathan Baker, yeah, he's six foot four, big, towering, dominant centre back. When in the three or four years that he's been here, whether on TV or at the game, have you seen him give one of our players a bollocking? No. N not one. No. When, is, no. when, when, when has Jay De Silva 
Wayne has Lansbury, Backinson, Nagy. Uh, who else? Wells. Okay, Wells probably does it too much. But think of our squad. Who is the leader or the leaders in that side? We don't have any at all. And what we need is four or five nasty bastards to come in who are going to not take any shit from the same players, that we, from the players in the squad and the opposition and just change this weak, soft mentality oh. that we have. A bit, well, a fact. bit like Mill. No, yeah, 100% agree with you, Les. It was a bit like Millwall today because they had about four or five nasty bastards in there, didn't they? Yeah, when Alex Scott came on, the first thing they did within a few seconds from getting it. his first pass, he got smacked. There you are, you know, like an old-fashioned, you know, see, see, see you later, mate. That's that's you know, if, you, if you've got to be man enough to play on play on this game. So Tommy, Paul Cheesley told me a story uh, once. I think uh, when he was playing for Norwich, he scored a goal against Liverpool, and Tommy Smith said, "Do that again, son, and I'll break your legs." You know what I mean? It's like that. Let people know you're there. But do you think? Do you think this is again? Do you think these problems of this weakness of spirit has been exacerbated by the fact that there haven't been uh, crowds in the stadium, making them raise their game and getting on their backs a little bit, or are they too comfortable? Yeah, they're earning their probably between most of them out there today between I'll say eight and twenty thousand a week, right? That they couldn't give a shit. Well, they'd be very if they were playing like that in front of crowds. They're very lucky that crowds aren't there because they've soon been on their back, and it's, the atmosphere would have been toxic. It's hell. I mean, even 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 in away games. I mean, our form. I think our form up to up to um, the, the turn of the, uh, the season, we won. I think we've only won about. We've well, we won two or three home games, two or three away games, didn't we? Uh, you know, under Pearson, he hadn't won a home match yet. But it's just been it's just been absolutely appalling. I I I think it's helped a lot of the younger players not playing in front of crowds because I think yeah. we never we never saw Semenyo hasn't played bad. He's he's shown in flashes what he can do, and he never did that. Uh, it, it, a crowd it, a crowded Ashton Gate, and I think Tyreek Backinson similarly. We just don't know how they perform under pressure. It's real pressure when the fans are baying for blood, both home and away. You see, again, while you were saying that, Mark, I was listening to all the names that you're rattling off and everything like that, you know, and there's like individual players. You think, well, he's he's not too bad. He's worth persevering with. And, you know, and this one and that one. You know, we've, again, we've got quantity, but we haven't got quality. I mean, Les said he doesn't see if he's, we're starting with Masengo, then the transfer activity in the summer must have gone really badly. Um, Ian, um, you know, he's on board now, right? And he's got one game to go. The other thing, the other thing mm-hmm. we haven't spoken about today was um, investment. You know, because and again, yeah. somebody's put on here, um, Junior Lansdowne's not said we're not going to be able to go throwing money around. So, what do you think, if you could predict off the field over the next uh, three weeks, right? So that's retained list and everything. We'll, we'll assume that we lose at home to uh, we'll lose at home to Brentford in the final game of the season because they're still playing for what position in the playoffs, or maybe not. I think no, they're guaranteed, no, they're, 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 they're guaranteed, yeah, they're guaranteed third. And, they're yeah, gar- they're ga- All right, so we might third, get a much needed home win to finish. But Ian, what what do you do? You think we've seen the end of stuff going on behind the scenes or do you think people like Downing and Simpson will go, a new chief executive will come in from somewhere or a director of football is going to be appointed or what? what's the next three weeks looking like uh, for you as we uh, just get your well, final I, comments? I, 
I outlined, I think it was about 10 to 12 steps uh, on Twitter and we're on step four uh, yep. at the moment. So we, we need to, uh, I would be surprised if we don't bring in a director of football. Um, I don't know whether we'll bring in a, to, and that would be effectively to replace Ashton. Uh, I don't know if we'll bring in a CEO. I think you might find John Lansdowne um, doing that job to save the salary because he's already on a salary. Um, they've well, got his dad might have said to him, go and earn your money, son, because you've not done a good job of it the last six months, mate. Well, he, 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 he might have done, but if you look at, then we've got to look at all the medical staff and recruitment staff, and we've got to look at the coaching staff. On investment, John Lansdowne said, well, uh, that's, he said there's nothing imminent. So it would appear to me that, and he said, well, you know, if someone was interested in investing money in the club, why wouldn't you talk to them? So that's not the same as looking for, actively looking for investment. So I'd like I'd like greater clarity on that. And yeah, he's quite right. If somebody wandered along tomorrow and said, "Look, um, uh, you know, I, I've got fifty million quid and I want to um, put it into Bristol City," they're hardly going to say no. But it might fall apart for reasons that we've said on or I've said on here ad ad nauseum. That what am I getting from my fifty million? How much say do I have? You know, if, yeah. I, if I buy the football club, does Nigel Pearson does Nigel Pearson report to me? Um, and and by the way, I, I don't agree with. Um, I like what you're doing. I, I think we've got four things right. We've got uh, the stadium, we've got the training ground, we've got the academy, and we've got what we do with the lone players with Brian Tinian. I think we've yeah, got he's doing right. a great job. He's done a great job. Brian Every, everything else, everything else needs to be torn apart. And and revamp. So first, a bit of all, like the rugby club. The a bit like the rugby club. A bit like the rugby club was really with the playing side of it. Because you know, if you remember with the rugby club when they had Andy Robinson, who was, if you like, a sort of name, but they did a Portland. They went out and sorted it with Pat. Yeah, that is run. That's why they're doing well at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Bristol yeah, but Pat club. Pat Lamb is is the football equivalent to Pat Lamb. Would be Pep Guardiola, and we're not getting him anytime soon. So right. uh, <laughs> rugby is rugby is a cheaper. Uh, it's a cheaper sport. You haven't yeah. got the multi-billionaire Americans and Man City are owned by a country. You know, you ain't going to compete with them. I don't care how much money no. Steve Lansdowne's no. got because he won't want to put it all in. No. Um, so what you've, you've, you've got, I'm, I'm going to be looking very, very <coughs> carefully at the behind the scenes and the player recruitment. Uh, I want to look at the, I want to look at what we do, and if the recruitment started off with Danny Simpson and Emery Lansbury, I, I think I'd I wouldn't so. be very no, I wouldn't be so, very impressed. Ian, let me because uh, say we've just gone over the hour now. I'd like to try and keep it pretty much uh, on that. I mean, interesting. There's a bit of a debate going on about how good was Flint, and Fevs has said he liked Flint, but he wasn't a leader. He made his right back play narrow to cover him, and Baker positioned himself well too. Others sacrificed themselves to help him. Not saying he was crap because he wasn't, but uh, good points there from uh, from Dave, who quite rightly says a football rugby comparison is pointless. Really, yes, it really is. I mean, Les. Um, um, Nigel Pearson, he's on uh, with uh, Jeff Twentyman on Monday, signed with the City. Uh, if you're Jeff and you're going to ask him a couple of pointed questions that you want an answer for, what would your two questions be if you were Jeff Twentyman, able to ask him 
two questions on the Monday night, Nigel Pearson. Les. Uh, first question would be, well, two in one, which players have impressed you and which players haven't impressed you? Mm. And the second question would be, we've heard very little about Downing and Simpson and their contract. Are they going to be here or are you going to bring your own people in? Yes, or simple answers. Yeah, no, straightforward questions, really, because questions that we'd really uh, want to uh, to know the answers to that. I mean, uh, Mark, same from you, really. If you were sat there in front of Nigel Pearson, what would you uh, what would you ask him? Just two questions. I'd say, Nigel, um, can can you tell City fans how you're going to change the mentality on the pitch to make us competitive next season? And a second question would be, why haven't you done what? Why? Why haven't you done better than than your than your two wins in fourteen? Yeah, Ian. Two questions that you'd ask Nigel on Monday well, tonight in his tonight in his interview. He used a, a one word he's used a lot, and one word that he's not used before. One was uh, the one he hasn't used before was recalibrate. He said, "I've got I've, after watching that today, I've decided to recalibrate my thinking." So that and that means. That means some players I thought I was going to keep, I'm not going to bother, uh, I think. And the other word he keeps using is cohesion. And one thing you need in a, a cohesive management team is, is you can call it conflict. I prefer to call it challenge. So the players have to, a bit like you were saying earlier on about players dishing out bollockings to other players. Uh, I'd ask him how many players he's bringing in. And um, because... Uh, and. Is he going to bring in big, mean players? Because at the moment we're manby pamby. We are. We're too lightweight. And we're, if you look at, I looked at you know that, uh, Millwall had a corner today. We didn't have a corner all game. Millwall had a corner today, and I looked at it. You had Masengo in row, marking blokes that were eight inches taller than them. Yeah, like Jake Cooper. So yeah, yeah. yeah so what? No. How's that going to work? You know, and you you can't. You can't get away from it. it. You know, we need three six-foot-three centre-forwards, uh, uh, centre-halves. I think you could do with – Viner can move to right-back because then you've got six-foot-one right-back. Uh, see how Jada Silva does. You've got Cam Prink can play left-back. We need a real nasty mother in, in uh, of a defensive midfielder, um, somebody that's – Joe Williams. What about Joe Williams? He's not big enough. He's not he's, big he's, no. he's a good but player. He's... He's, but he's he's not that player. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, so he's not your, that player. So that's your question. So, well, you, you, so you, I'd your be asking him about you you, you, what would you be asking? How many players? How many players you got? I'd, I'd be looking to say how many players do you think you need to bring in to give us a side capable of making the playoffs? Yeah, that's fair enough. Which so if, Joe, done, if Joey yeah. Barton was answering it, he'd say eleven. <laughs> you know, but. Yeah, perhaps no, it's going to be worse. I mean, because we we've be only got, one. well, look, we've only got twelve uh, senior players uh, outside goalkeepers under contract at, at the start of next season. Now, yeah. then you add the kids in, you know, you add in Pearson, Semenyo, and all that. You can add those in, and you can make it up to twenty-one. But take those out, and we've got twelve senior players. I'm calling Zach Viner a senior player. Yeah, you and just twelve, that great. All right, guys, guys, That's guys, all we've guys. Got. Just before, it, it, just before we go. No, no, no. I'm not. Shut, just wait a minute, Mark. I'm shutting everything down just yet. Well, go on. Say your just before we go point. Finally, Esther. Go on. Somebody, Mark. somebody, somebody has messaged. Is Ian going to do an impression of Nigel Pearson? 
Yeah, I think he needs to save that for the last game of the season because you know he's uh, he's unless he's been working on it in the back. Well, the, the thing I was going to say is he recalibrating it though, Ian. He might be recalibrating. The thing that made me uh, chuckle this week was seeing that um, uh, our new first team manager or manager, he's got not head coach manager, uh, is a accomplished ballroom dancer. Did anybody pick up on that little story that was? Uh, yeah, that was a real, that was a Casper great twist, Spichel? wasn't it? And and finally, well, and finally, everybody, you missed that, finally, David. Hmm? What? I said that was a great twist, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I couldn't yeah. give a shit if Pearson could dance. No, no, no. But he could. If he hadn't got the job here, if he hadn't got the job here, he could have been on Strictly Come Dancing, maybe in the yeah. autumn series. Yeah, if he'd had enough of football, washed his hands of oh, well. it. Mind, he has had enough of football. He's gone to Bristol City. That's um, something to think deeply about tonight, isn't it? Everybody, who's uh, who's watching? Uh, are we all line of duty fans? Yes, yes, yeah. We're all line of duty, right? So, who do we think H is? Ian, you first. Henry Lansbury. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I asked, funny enough. <laughs> funny, funny enough. I asked. I asked Mark Ashton the same question, uh, and uh, this is what he said. He, he said. Uh, Firstly, I'd like to thank the Lansdowns, Steve, Maggie, John, Tiddles the Cat. And I think H is the lady assistant chief constable. Carmichael. There we go. go. All right, Les, who do you think think H is? I don't know. I don't, I, do you know what? I, I, it okay. surprise me if they don't tell us, to be honest, it might be one of those things that leads into the next season, isn't it? You never know. Yeah, that's true. There's got to well, be I a asked, serious. I asked Nigel. Any, any thoughts? I asked. Any... I asked. I asked what? Nigel the same the same question, and, and Nigel said, like he said tonight, he said, uh, "How did you see that, Nigel?" He said, "Well, uh, I think I may need to, yeah, recalibrate." I think yeah. 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 I think yeah. I, I may need I may I may need yeah to recalibrate my thinking. And by the way, you know that story that was going around about wolves and Nigel Pearson? Yeah. It wasn't wolves. It's a true story. It yeah. wasn't wolves. It, it he was got attacked by wild wild dogs. And Is these right? dogs are whether well, they're not wild exactly. They the farmers use them. Um, on the the highlands to not Scottish highlands, the islands where he was, in Transylvania somewhere, to protect their sheep from like wolves and bears. There you go. And, and Pearson went. Pearson went walking in, like it was a pack of. He saw him and thought, "Hello, hello, hello here's a bear. Here's a bear." And they got him. Mark, well, you haven't I, had your final. Your fi- yeah. Well, it could be. Who do you think? Been, it, could, it could have been Jesus, Mary, or the wee donkey. Let's not have Protected Chief Constable Philip Osborne. I think it's going to be him. You reckon it's him, do you? I I don't know. Yeah, I I think it's got to be something that might surprise us. And will we see James Nesbitt apart from on the the, picture on on the TV? They did think James Nesbitt was the (laughs) Spanish copper with a headgear on, and it was all a setup that. I so I was yeah. watching that other thing with that boy who's been a naughty boy in all the papers today. I was watching that viewpoint the last few nights, yeah, because uh, the, the uh, he's got himself in a bit of trouble, hasn't he? The lad who had his BAFTA award taken away. But anyway, this is not an entertainment uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's a football podcast, and it's a Bristol City football uh, 
podcast. Um, guys, yeah, David will be starting in defensive line of duty yeah, next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys, it's uh, only one more game to go. Uh, I thought, oh no, which is, which is, is it, is it lunchtime kickoff next week or three o'clock? We never, our, our team never know what time three, it is. Three, three o'clock. We'll be back. We'll be back. Uh, at six o'clock next week, as we are, those of us are here. Hopefully, Dave will get in. I'll have a word with him because he did want to come off his uh, sunbed because he'd uh, his season had uh, finished um, a couple of weeks ago. But he wanted to come back. We will make sure Dave's on and the rest of you because it should be. And anybody else who wants to join, email me at headhuntergb at gmail dot com. I think when uh, when the season's over, we're trying to we're not going to do best of because this probably be a very small edition of the podcast <laughs> if we did that. Um, we got a, I've got an interview special coming up with a former manager. I'll put that out this week, and then I got another lineup with a former player uh, from about that era and a manager as well. So that'll keep things going. But we'll probably take a few weeks off in the summer. Twenty six thousand downloads we've been through uh, past that number this week. So thanks to everybody who's listened and Les, uh, Ian, Mark, Dave. And uh, the others that have contributed from time to time, even Robo Red, uh, Robo Red, he said he hadn't been invited on here. He wasn't part of the clique. I don't know whether we're a clique or anything like that. I still want to know if I'm going to get a call from Thomas Callas if I renew my season ticket. Right? That is the thing. Yeah, I don't think I will. So, uh, Dave, Jesus, yeah. Mary, and Joseph, and the wee donkey. Yeah. No, he's uh, don't have Robo Red on. He's 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 got a, he's got an issue. Has he? Don't have him on. Uh, yeah, All he's right. he's a, a beep beep. Yeah, one of them. Right. All so right. Uh, anyway, good <laughs> okay. luck and uh, God Please bless you. you and, uh, good night, everybody. Uh, Les, thank you, Ian, thank you, Mark, thank you. All the best, boys. All the best. Bye bye. Stay now. safe, bye. everyone. Bye. 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 It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.